rates started going up around schools because there isn't anything to hold the people and let them know what the law is. We don't like the law. We don't. I have a hard time with certain laws, too. The speed limit says 75, I got to go 80. It's a rebellious person inside me. If it says 30, I go 35. You know, I got to, that's just that, that's just the way we are. And so we don't like the laws put up thing. That's why they don't like the Ten Commandments in, in our judicial system. Because everybody that walks by it, they're breaking them. They don't like to be told, you are a sinner. And that's what happened with Duck Dynasty. He called certain things a sin, but he didn't just call that a sin. He called other things a sin. Adultery is a sin. Stealing is a sin. Lying is a sin. But where do they focus? And he said, I'm a sinner. And every one of us here this morning is a sinner. And I'm a good sinner. I was a good sinner. Do I still sin? Yeah. I don't like to, but I try not to. But I still do. But because of that, Jesus died. He came. That's why we celebrate Christmas. See, on the manger scene, there's a shadow of a cross that's there. So when you see the manger scene, oh, yeah, it's great. It's a grand, grand time for us, and we worship that, and we love that. But there's a shadow of the cross on the crib or on that manger. Because Jesus didn't die so we could put up Christmas trees and have lights and all these other kind of things. He came, he was born so he could die for us. And he didn't want to just come because he could have come. God says, poof, here you are, 30 years old, 33 years old, now die and it's over. He didn't do that. He came and was born in a manger, lowliest place you could be born probably. None of us would want to be born there. None of us. And us as mothers would not want to put our child there. How many people would, would like to uh, give birth to a baby and stick it in a manger? A manger is a feeding trough for the animals, in case you don't know. And they didn't have Lysol and Pine Sol and other stuff to clean it up. So, you know, but there he was, laid in the manger with straw as a bed. All these things, we wouldn't want that. But see, he was willing to do that <clears throat> for us. He could have been born in a palace <clears throat> just as easily. But who, then we would say, oh, no, he can come for me because I don't live in a palace. He born in the manger because he was born so every one of us could relate to him no matter where you're at. He was born a king, and yet he came to be born in a manger around animals instead of high, a lot of people. He wasn't lived, born in a hospital. I was born at home. I only have one brother that was born, a, born in a hospital, and that's my youngest brother, my mom had six kids, and it's the only one she had born in the hospital. And she freaked out in the hospital. And the nurse was just saying, wow, what does it matter? Is this your first baby? She says, no, this is my sixth. And you're acting like this? She's been in the hospital. He didn't know what to do. Man, he didn't know how to answer this. So I was born at home, and if he was around my age, most people were born at home back then. And uh, the doctor came to the house. Doctors made house calls back then. Did you remember when doctors made house calls? Oh, I've been so much nicer than going there and have an appointment at 10 o'clock and you get in at 10, 12.30. <clears throat> Man, I hated that. Sit there and they act like our time is invaluable, but it is. But Jesus chose to be born in the way that he was born for us. And it's a gift. Of, that's God's gift to us at Christmas, and that's why we celebrate it. Jesus is the reason for the season. And I'm glad for Christmas. I love Christmas. I love the lights. I love all those things about Christmas. And I love it because people turn into human beings this time of year. Have you noticed that? People will actually smile at you. And if you say Merry Christmas, they usually will say Merry Christmas back.
Only this time of year. Drive in the you know, middle of the summer and whatever, and say hi to somebody, and then boom. Because there's no magic. And I don't like that word magic, because it's you know, something, whatever. But there's an atmosphere around Christmas any other time of the year. And it's infectious. I know there's a lot of shopping and stuff that people do, but even when you go shopping, there's, a, there's something in the air. Christmas carols are playing. One day, if we don't do something as a silent majority, they're going to quit outlaw Christmas carols. If Jesus is in it, you can't sing it. You can sing sleigh ride, but you can't sing that. So we need to start doing that, and this is the first day that we make a decision. Today, next year, I'm not putting up with this. If the schools are, are uh, hesitant about having manger scenes when they put up things for, for Halloween and everything else, we need to start doing something about it. We can do that. Because most of the people in this country are believers or claim to be. They believe in God. So why in the world do we have the 10% or the 20% of this country running it? Because we don't run for office. When, you, when all you put in, in office are immoral people, you're going to have immoral government, aren't you? And then we're going to make fun of people like Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, and all these people that are trying to stand up for the rights of Americans. And they crucify them because they don't like what they say. They don't like their message. And that's why they don't like Christmas, because they don't like the message. They want the manger scenes removed because when they see Christmas and they even hear Christmas, it says Christmas. And they don't like Christ. So if he just said happy mass, they would say okay. But they don't like that because when you realize that God was born into this world and they have to acknowledge that, then they have to acknowledge that there is a God. They don't like that. Because if there's a God, he follows us every place we go and sees everything we do. All those things we try to hide, he sees. And that's why they don't like God, because it convicts them. So what do they do? They just do ignore us, get rid of all this stuff. We've been taking, you know, we've abused our privilege as Christians, and we're going to say they were going to take it over. Are we going to let them take it over? We can't. If we do, it's over. Now, I realize a lot of bad things are going to happen in this world. The Bible tells us that. But it doesn't have to happen while we're here. I'm looking for the rapture for God to take us out of here, and he, they can have the place. I don't care. There's nothing in this world that I want to stay here for. I want to rather be with Jesus. And eventually, he's going to come and take us away. Whether, whether people believe it or not, sometimes I tell people, if they don't believe in the rapture, I think God ought to leave them here. <laughs> But he won't. <laughs> Don't matter. Doesn't matter whether where at what point in time Christ comes. But I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to try to do my best to serve God, no matter what abuse I take. And I've been called everything but a white person because of my stand. Like I said, the only advantage to Facebook is I have people I never heard of before calling me names. <laughs> but that's okay. I don't care. They know where I stand. Do the people in your life know where you stand? Do they? It's a good time of the year to let them know. It's the best time of the year because this is the season they're open to it. The Christmas story, everybody knows the Christmas story. And there's so much gospel in there. And if they just hear that, there's enough in their gospel in the Christmas story that they can meet God. If we're willing to do it. When our grandkids stayed with us, I said we weren't Christians when our kids was little. I kind of regret that because of that. But when our, our son lived with us for a while, and he, he, uh, he had two kids, and they were Christmas special because they got ice cream and cake for breakfast. 
and they sang happy birthday Jesus and what do they remember man that's a good memory give the kids good memories of Christmas besides just open presents let them understand the Christmas story the reason we give gifts is because God started it God started Christmas so they want to blame somebody they can blame him I told you last week about the lady that had been all frazzled over Christmas shopping and everything, and she had about had it shopping all day, had her kids with her, because women usually have to take their kids with them when they go Christmas shopping, don't we? <laughs> Generally speaking. And she'd about had it and exhausted. Gets in the elevator that's crowded, and she scrunches in there, and she says, whoever thought up this holiday ought to be crucified. And the lady said in the back said, don't worry, they did. They crucified him. <laughs> See, because we forget why we have Christmas. We get so involved in the holiday, we forget the reason we celebrate it. And when we forget the reason we celebrate it, we're in trouble. Aren't we? I don't ever want to forget the reason we celebrate Christmas. I know we had a lot more excitement as far as when kids, because kids bring excitement to everything, don't they? They bring all that energy in and, and just that whatever, and it, it's, it's contagious. And that's why we as believers, if we have a lot of energy and believe in our, what God did for us, we have an energy about us. And people want to be attracted to that energy. Why is it that you're so happy in the midst of all this stuff? Because I'm a Christian. Because I have life inside of me. And we have God's life and light inside of us. We can't help but shine. So that's why we have it. Matthew 2, 1 through 12. <coughs> After Jesus was born in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When they had called together all the chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophets have written. And next slide. Verses 6, and 6. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be a shepherd to my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. You, if you, find, you go find him, report to me. Let's see, where am I at? Up here, okay. He sent them into Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead over the place where the child was. Child was. Next slide, verse 10. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another way. Now, we talked a lot last week about what the star was that they followed. And it was a lot of great information when you think about all the stuff that God put in place to celebrate Christmas. And uh, remember, Jesus wasn't born on Christmas, on December 25th. That was in the wintertime, and everything that they know, we know now, proves that he wasn't. But it doesn't matter when he was born. We're celebrating his birthday on Christmas. I've had, I had one birthday in my life, and it wasn't on my birthday. And I know that a lot of parents give birthday parties for their kids, and it isn't on their birthday. It doesn't matter. It's a matter that we're celebrating, and we're acknowledging the fact that he was born. It doesn't matter when he was. 
I believe was born in the spring at the same time they chose the lambs. I believe that's when he was born. But I do believe that Jesus was conceived on Hanukkah, the Feast of Lights, because that makes sense to me, that Jesus was conceived on light, because light came into the world, and the world rejected him. So it makes sense to me when you put the stuff together. And he was probably two years old when the wise men came. But the wise men took a long time to get there. They just didn't just hop on a plane and get there because it was a long journey. A lot of us would have got discouraged when we was going there. You think, over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go? You wouldn't do that if you was going for the travel distance they went, especially if you had kids and on a camel. I don't know whether you've ever rode a camel. I, I had opportunity, but I chose not to. It probably the only day that the, the, the camel would go, <laughs> don't matter. But it, was, it wasn't something that happened. That, that's the only thing that we have with the, you know, with the Bible. We assume instantly, right afterwards, everything happened. If that was the case, Jesus was born and died in a couple hours. <laughs> because there's no time thing that's in there. But we've got to understand this, that it took a while for them to get here. And, but they, they took the journey because of the reason they came. Now, <clears throat> Magi, or wise men, were the equivalent of Jedi Knights of Star Wars, if you're familiar with that. The only difference is these guys were real. And these were a powerful group of people. They, they, it's, historians record that if, if you wanted to be king, you couldn't be king unless the Magi wanted you to be king. So they had very powerful people, and they knew a lot about everything. Math, science, astrology, everything that they knew. Because they were, that's what they were. They, they knew a little bit of everything. They had a doctor's degree in everything you wanted to know. And they were a very powerful group of people. And the reason that they were aware of the star was probably because Daniel, when they went to, took cap captivity and he went to Babylon, he became head of the wise men, or the magi. And we need to read the Bible to find that out. So they knew, I believe, because Daniel talked about it. And if you read the, the book of Daniel, there is a a time frame that Daniel puts in place that actually they can prove that the day Jesus went into Jerusalem was exactly when Daniel said he was, proclaiming himself king on the triumphal entry the week before he died. Follow that through. From Daniel's prophecies, they found out they can nab the right day in the time that this happened. But see, we don't understand the Bible because we don't read it. When we know God, God can enlighten it for us. Trevi was talking this morning in Sunday school that when she got saved, she went out in, in, the, in the shed to get her Bible that she had had since she was 12. She didn't read it, or had maybe read very little of it. And when she started reading it, she was amazed that all of a sudden this stuff made sense to her. She understood it. It was like the veil, or the veil on her eyes had been lifted. And that's what happened when you become a Christian. People say, I don't know how you can read that Bible. I don't understand it. Well, when you know the author, it's easier. If you don't know the author, you can't understand it. And so how do you want to understand it? You get to know the author. And how do you get to know him? You talk to him. You read his word. You come to church. You be faithful to his house. You get involved. The more you do those things, the more you'll know him. But a lot of people don't want to know him because then they have to stop doing stuff they're doing, and they don't want to do that. That's the only reason. Because this book, by reading this book, it'll keep you from sin. Or sin will keep you from this book. That's the reality of life. That's why they don't want God in our and anything that we see, Christmas or Easter or anything like that, because they have to, it convicts them of their sin. That's why we don't do it. It's the only reason we don't do it. And even as believers, we don't do it. And like Randy said earlier, 
The Holy Spirit will talk to us if we want to listen. But he usually isn't yelling at us like we want. I mean, I would be nice if he would just knock you on the side of the head and let you know, don't do that. But we don't. He whispers. He whispers to us. And then we don't, we don't yield to that whispering. Pretty soon he quits talking. And all of a sudden your, your soul dries up and you wonder, what's the matter? I don't want to go to church today. I don't feel like it. Why? Because you've hindered the Holy Spirit in your life. You quenched him. And so you don't want to be here because then you'd be convicted about that quenching and then you'd feel like you had to pray and you don't want to do that. So it's just a cycle. And then pretty soon you're going to start seeing your self-attendance go off. A lot of people aren't here this morning. Why? A lot of reasons. I could give you a lot of them. But the main reason is they quit listening to God. Quit listening to the Spirit, that voice in their heart. And they don't come because they don't want to be convicted. I don't like being convicted either. I don't like it. But I'd rather be convicted before I do something than afterwards. Uh, conviction is a lot better than a spanking. Isn't it? I know the kids would agree. I'd rather be convicted than spanked. <laughs> See, I grew up with a time frame where you got spanked. And you had to lay over your dad's lap while he did it. And if you ran, it was worse. I had welts on my little behind. But it do, he knocked a lot of that sin out of me. <laughs> so sometimes we'd like that. I lived when kids, when teachers could actually abuse you. They abused the, oh, a lot out of me, I'll tell you. I had teachers grab me by the hair of the head and beat my head in the wall. I had brain damage, that's what's mad at me. But you could do, they could do that. And you didn't dare tell your parents because then you'd get beat again. See, that, that'll knock a lot of problems out of the schools. Now, little Johnny went to school and kissed a little, little girl's hand because he had a crush on her, and he, they were going to arrest this kid for sexual harassment. Now, do we live in a real world? Six years old, sexual harassment, let's arrest him, throw him in jail. He said, I couldn't help it, I just got some energy and I like her. <laughs> so let's... let's Tell him, but he had to promise he wouldn't, I won't do it anymore. This is ridiculous, isn't it? This is the which world as we live in has become. We've let, got the wolves guarding the hen house. And then we're wondering what happened to the chickens. It's really easy to know. Kick the wolf out of our schools, out of our government. And come this next November, we've got a chance to kick them out of the hen house. Are you going to be quiet or not? We'll find out. The Lord tells next Christmas. We'll see. I'm looking forward to that unless we go to heaven and I'll have that instead. But anyway, the wise, wise men at the, at the end of their long journey, they were satisfied with their Christmas because they saw the star. They followed it probably 18 months and they got there and they were satisfied even though it was a long journey and they had to get back too. Man, we can't get people to go 10 miles to go to church. How would you like it if it took you 18 months to get to church? And then you pay your tithes and go home. <laughs> no, we wouldn't do that. We've got it so easy now. That's the problem we have. The devil's got a great scheme going. In persecution, Jesus and the gospel grows. But in prosperity, people turn their backs on God. That's the reality. You can look through your history and see. After 9-11, this place was packed. Every church was packed because people were afraid, man, what's happening? But after a year, well, I guess it wasn't that bad. It's going to happen again. Lightning doesn't strike twice in the same place. We're okay. 
because we're prosperous, prosperity. And we think we don't live in a prosperous world now, but we don't. Our economy's in, in turmoil. But God takes care of his people. I've known that to be true. When no one else gets a job, the people here that's been out of work gets a job. Because God's word is true. If you're faithful to God, he's, well, he's faithful to us either way. But when we're faithful to God, he honors our faithfulness. And so and we found that to be true. But anyway, I want to look at two, two ways to help us make Christmas better. Don't you want, would like to make Christmas better and not be disappointed with Christmas? I don't like to be disappointed with Christmas. But sometimes we are, aren't we? But why are we? The first thing we can do to make Christmas better is to seek the right thing. See, we have a lot of, lot of problems in this world because we're seeking the wrong things. Oh, man, I want a white Christmas. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Well, you can have it because I don't want to shovel it off our driveway. You know, it's nice and romantic in this white Christmas. You watch the movie and it's so romantic and the snow and everything. And I like the snow. I like it a lot better now that I don't have to go out in it. If I don't want to. <clears throat> but it wasn't fun when I had to go to work. Early in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, you had to leave to go to work. And snow plows didn't catch anything and you had snow this deep. <laughs> I didn't like it. But oh, it's beautiful to look at on Christmas cards. White Christmas. Oh, it's so beautiful. Well... If you're, going to, if you're going to be disappointed this year because we aren't going to have a white Christmas unless something changes. So if you're, you're looking, if that's what's going to make your Christmas better, you're going to be disappointed. Having family around you, that'd, that'd be great for Christmas. I'd love to have family around us. Of course, this is our church family. You know, we, we have a great family. If you have a church family, you don't have a family here, you have a church family. And they're great. Now, we don't have any of our family around us this year. Very rarely do. But if that's what's going to make your Christmas special, you're going to be disappointed, most of the people, because a lot of people's family isn't going to be with them. If you are, they're going to be blessed. Holiday spirit. Man, if we just had the Christmas spirit, it would be better. Well, what grows the Christmas spirit? What causes it? Be the reason for the season? Usually does. Finding the perfect gift. Man, we spend so much time trying to find those perfect gifts for someone. We only, probably, we only send one gift. We give our kids money. It's easier. Put a stamp on it, send it, and it's always the right size and color. Always fits. They like that better. But for his father, we have to get him a gift because he sends us money. So it would be right for we send him back money because he sends us more money we would send him. So we have to find something to buy him. And man, most of the stuff we buy, I bought him, I think I've bought him watches every year for five years. Because I don't know what to buy him. We used to send him these meat things, Kansas City steaks and stuff. He wouldn't eat them. Give them, give them to his daughter. His sister, Randy's sister. So she liked it. Then we gave him fruit. Well, I never get a chance to eat all the fruit. So he didn't want the fruit, doesn't want this. And we, he has everything. He doesn't need anything. So we have a hard time trying to find the perfect gift. One year, electric snow shovels for his house. He put it on backwards, and it didn't work, so he didn't want it. So we went visiting him. He says, here, take this home with you. So we have a hard time buying the perfect gift. And you know what that's like, don't you? I remember one year, Randy gave me a, tooth, a toothbrush sanitizer for Christmas. <laughs> toothbrush sanitizer. Hmm. Okay. Needless to say, it went back and I got something else. Then he finally got it right and started realizing that we like things that sparkle, don't we? <laughs> Earrings, necklaces, and stuff. I have a lot of that stuff. Don't wear a lot of it because it's more for high church you know, environment. 
and my earrings I can't wear because it hits the microphone. And if I was right here okay and not move around, it'd be all right. But see, if you, as you notice, I have a problem standing still. If I had to stand still, I would die. That was my problem growing up, because I can't stand still. I'm, what do they, got the, what do they call that now? They got a, what do they call it? For, no, for kids, they call them they, ADT, AD, whatever it is, attention deficit syndrome. I'm born with it. I got bored as a baby. Good thing I had a twin sister to hit. I had things to do. Feed my sister mud patties, and she'd eat them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat them. But anyway, so finding the perfect gift and all those things, but whatever your expectations are at Christmas, if you don't get them, you're going to be disappointed. The problem wasn't with Christmas. The problem was with your expectations. And the reason that your expectations are off is because you're seeking the wrong thing. See, the wise men showed us what we need to seek in Matthew 2, 1, 1 and 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. The wise men showed us what we needed to do. They came for the right reason. Why did they come? They saw his star. A king was going to be born, and why did they come? 18, 18 months worth or whatever it was to get there. To worship the king. They came for a worship service. Hallelujah. Man, that'd be great. If you come in the idea of Christmas to worship Jesus, it's going to be a great year. See, we forget about the reason for the season. We put that on the back burner and we spend all our time trying to figure out parties and presents and baking. And maybe you want to bake anything for us, it's okay. <laughs> Our daughter sent us a big thing of candy, you know, one of those towers of candy. Had uh, fruit in it and I don't know whatever ever possessed her to think we would eat smoked salmon. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I told you many times if God wanted us to eat fish, he wouldn't have tied to down them, drowned them. But anyway, so Randy's made, made a thing of all the chocolates. He ate those yesterday. I'm working on the covered uh, popcorn. I've been eating that and stuff. So, you know, it's, it don't last very long because, you know, it just calls to us. Oh, come, you need one, you need one. But that isn't what Christmas is about. It's nice to eat that stuff, but it's going to be gone one day. It'll be one probably... In a week it'll be gone, if that long. Because you walk by there and I have it set out so Randy will eat this stuff and I won't. But then he says, I don't want some cheesecake now because we eat, we eat ice cream every night. Do you want some ice cream? No, I don't think I will today. I've been eating goodies. And we're sitting there, he's talking about, I ate this whole thing of chocolates. There was only six in there. I says, yeah, but that was 660 calories. <laughs> so we have a lot of fun with it, but it's good. It's all right if you do it once in a while. If you did it all the time, it wouldn't, look, wouldn't be pretty. But if we leave the reason of, for the season out of our Christmas, we'll be disappointed, very disappointed. And that's why the world misses it, because they leave the reason for the season out. And the world wants to take the reason for the season out. And I, I don't know what they're going to do, try and change the name from Christmas to holiday. That doesn't have a very good ring to it, does it? And it's been called Christmas. It's a national holiday. has been for years. So later, I'm offended by the people that are attacking our heritage. Uh, Matthew 2, 5 and 6. <coughs> in Bethlehem of Judea, in Judea they replied, For this is what the prophets have written. <coughs> but you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, 
are by many means not least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be a shepherd to my people Israel. <clears throat> the wise men not only looked for the right thing, they look for, looked in the right place. Where did they find the answer? It was found in the Bible. See, there's a lot of answers to our problems if we'll just read this. If you read nothing but the book of Proverbs and live by the book of Proverbs, you would have a successful life. If you did the things that it said in there. But they don't want, to, don't want to do that because they want to hang on to their sin. That's why people don't get saved. It isn't that they don't believe God died on the cross for their sin. They just don't want to give it up. And you say, well, I, I don't want to give up my Sundays. I don't want to give up going doing this and doing this and doing this and doing this. Most of those things they don't have a problem with. See, the problem is they don't want to give up their sin. See, I've told you many times, when we got saved, we saved money. We drank up more than our tithes have cost us in a month. We drank up over $500 a month. This was over 26 years ago or whatever. So it was a lot more money then. We drank it up and think, think a thing about it. See, so we, we, it's easy for us to pay that because we get a raise. And coming to church, hey, you feel better after you've been here. Even if you don't believe God, you feel better about your life. And you're going to get a little bit of gospel in your life. And one day, <clears throat> that seed's going to start growing. Because if you come every week, it's going to get watered. I know a lot of people, you know, Randy said a lot of people don't, don't keep coming here because I preach too, preach too hard. I don't have no other way to preach. I'm going to preach the truth. If people don't like it, I can't help it. Because when I stand before God, I don't want to say, you know, God, I don't want to talk about that because the people didn't like it. I'm going to preach whatever there is. If it's in that book, I'm going to preach it. I'm going to preach if it's politically incorrect. I'm going to be the most politically incorrect person in this area. <clears throat> you can bet on it. And if they don't like it, it don't matter to me. They can do what they want with it, but I'm not going to stop. And hopefully you won't either. <clears throat> So if we're looking for satisfaction from family, snow, or presence, we can be disappointed. But we look for the right thing and look for the right place, we'll find it. In Jeremiah 29, 13, 14a, said, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. We don't find God because we don't seek him. The people that find God seek him. That's why you can go into some places where the gospel have never been. And they try to preach the gospel and they say, well, we know the gospel. We just didn't know that was his name. Because they were seeking God. They were seeking the truth. And God tells them the truth. God will give you the truth if you want it. Doesn't matter where you're at. If you want it, God will tell you. <clears throat> A middle-aged woman posted her Christmas wish list on the refrigerator for her husband to read. Rather than list certain items of desire, she simply requested something that will make... Me looks sexy and beautiful. When Christmas rolled around, she expected to open a package with some fancy lingerie inside. To her surprise, he gave her an exercise bike instead. He probably wished he would have got the, long, the other stuff. Because that's a no-no. I don't care, whatever, men. Don't ever do that. Unless she tells you, I want an exercise bike. Then it's okay. But don't do it if she didn't. Mm-mm, doesn't matter. You're walking on eggshells and thin ice, and I guarantee you will fall through. So it don't matter. Be careful. <laughs> so, and of course, ladies, if you're doing this kind of thing, be a little more uh, explanatory with your list. Then that won't happen. 
But you need to seek the right things. And, but what is it Christmas without gifts? Second thing we can do to have the right gifts. Imagine I came to Jesus' house with a bunch of appropriate gifts. Matthew 2.11. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. The wise men came to worship Christ, but they didn't come empty-handed. Giving is a part of worship. Whether you know it or not, it's a part of worship. And if you, haven't, you don't give, you're, you're sheltering yourself from God's blessing because God blesses those that give. And, it, and he always give, not only blesses you, he pressed down, shaking, and running over. God blesses you. My life has been blessed so much since I become a Christian than I ever was. Ever. And uh, so I'm thankful. I, you couldn't give me every, money, every bit of money we gave the whole time we've been saved for nothing. Double, triple, it wouldn't matter. Because the blessings that we've received in God's hand in our life is better than anything that money can buy. But when we withhold giving, we become like Scrooge, and we all know the Scrooge movies that are shown this time of year. And they get to the end, and the real reason of, of Christmas is giving. That's the deal. That's what we need to focus on is the giving. And they gave appropriate gifts. Gold was a gift for a king. Remember, Jesus was a king. He was royalty. He was the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And one day, everybody knee is going to bow to that name. They may not bow here, but they will one day. I'd rather bow voluntarily and worship now than be forced to then. Frankincense, it was a gift for a priest. The priest used in ceremonies. Remember, Jesus is our high priest. He's the only one that could enter into the Holy of Holies and not with the blood of old goats and bills, but with his own blood. And once was all that was needed. One drop of his blood cleanses every sin. And all we have to do is accept that gift. And we're clean. And it makes a difference in our life. Hallelujah. And, for, and myrrh. And that was a gift for the dead. It was anointment that used to anoint bodies before burial. Because death stinks. Death stinks. I don't know whether you've been around, you know, if you put out stuff in, in a, the house or something, and you decon and the mouse dies. And they stink. Man, you just can't find it. We had a place that used to have a place up in the mountain. And we'd go in there. and Oh, man, it stink of death. Because put out decon, decon, I'd rather have dead mice than live mice. But it stinks. Death stinks. And our lives and our sin stinks in the nostrils of God. And according to that kind of death, our sin is worse. And Jesus came and died and gave his blood to remove the stench of death of our lives. That's why he came. That's why Christmas is so special. I'm thankful for that gift. <clears throat> if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent an entertainer. And there's a lot of churches that think that that's why they're there, to entertain. I'm not here to entertain anybody. If you enjoy it, you know, that's fine. You know, I don't want you to be bored by any means, and hopefully you're not. Hopefully I'm moving around enough to keep you. You know, watch it. it's like watching a uh, tennis game. <laughs> so hopefully you're not. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent a Savior. People think, oh, man, if I just had enough money, my life would be so much better. No, it wouldn't. You would be just as unhappy with a lot of money as you would with none. 
Actually, the people that have less are happier than the people that have a lot. Because it makes you more selfish. It makes you think, look what I did. And it isn't what we did, it's what he did. And if the people that can use that, that money that God is giving us and it flows through in giving and doing his work and the things that he would want us to do, then they're happy. Rich people can be happy. The dynasty people are millionaires. Every one of them. And the, the father, Phil, I think he's in the house they lived in their whole life. They don't have big fancy stuff in there, if you, if you watch the show. The, the one son does, the, where's the American flag bandana does, his house is a lot, you know, what you would expect. But <clears throat> not, not grandpa, not the father. <clears throat> because money didn't, didn't matter to him. He turned down an interview with Barbara Walters to go duck hunting. <laughs> he doesn't care. You know, and that's the way we do. We follow people around, don't we? Oh, I got to go to whatever, see Benny Hinn, or I got to go see George Myers. I got to go see whatever that may be. And you go and you stand in line to get in there and, you know, do all the things you need to do. Well, this, they serve the same God we serve here. They just serve it differently than I do. But it's the same gospel, the same God. You can get the same things there that you can get them here. But see, our faith is removed from God and goes to follow people. And when we do that, we're in trouble. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's no respecter of persons. So the same God that's there is here. So, but I'm not talking about gifts, material things. Showing love and kindness to our family and friends. Helping to the, the hurting and forgiveness to those who are hurt. That's giving the right thing. It's hard for us. The number one thing we have problem with, we'd rather give money. Our time is more valuable to us than money. If somebody, you know, and we did this, if you couldn't uh, do something in a church when we had a build, building project, then give money so we can pay somebody else to come and do it. And they would do that. But you get a better blessing if you give your time. Sure, you get the whatever you make an hour. All right, I'm going to pay for two hours or somebody else to do it. But you're not getting the blessing. You're only getting half the blessing. You get the blessing by giving your time. You know that from your children. You can buy your children all kinds of stuff. But what do they want from you, dads? Time. Go out and spend an hour throwing the ball in the front yard. That's more important to them than that new bike. You want your kids to grow up and be a good father and be, be a good provider for their families. Be one. Spend time with them. Do your kids want to emulate your life? Would you be proud of that if your kids turned out just like you? Because dads, your kids are going to. They're going to emulate what you do. Mothers, the same thing is true. Do you want your daughters to grow up like you? If not, change something. Because you are the gospel they're seeing. Whether you're a Christian or not, they're going to follow your example. Our kids turned out pretty good by the grace of God, even though they weren't raised in a Christian home. They've got good work ethics and all the things that, that we want to be good citizens and those things. And half of them are Christians. The other half we're still working on. We still have believed that. But they're going to emulate whatever you're showing them, displaying to them. The greatest gift and joy is reserved for those who are more interested in giving than receiving. And, of course, giving ourselves is the best gift. And you have a better than usual Christmas when we seek the right things, seeking to worship Christ, and it comes through every, every time. It'll come through every time when you're seeking the right things. Give the right things, things with price tags, moving parts, wrapped in bows. They don't last very long, do they? The toys that people are going to open, the kids are going to open this Christmas, a week later, they're going to be on the shelf or broken, aren't they? 
They, don't te- they never tested those toys with our kids. <laughs> Otherwise, they'd be all be re- recalled. Our, our kids could break toys and nothing flat. I remember one year we gave our son, our oldest son, a Godzilla, because that was popular. And we had a, oh man, we had a go all over the place looking for this Godzilla. It was just a plastic thing, and you push the thing down, and its tongue stuck out. <laughs> wow, high-tech toys. Well, our son didn't like the non-reality of it, so he went out in the garage and got a torch. I don't know how he let that thing, but he did. He got that thing lit. So now he's got Godzilla down in the basement, and he's got the torch, and he's going, (laughs) started a pretty good fire. (laughs) So we got to learn to give the right things (laughs) and monitor them because they will cause problems. And I remember I was in my nightgown, pouring out, and I woke up. And you come in, and I kept outside. And it's nice going outside in your nightgown in the middle of a snowstorm because your house is on fire. But my dog kept running back in because it didn't feel secure outside. So I don't advise that. Make sure that you monitor your kids and that. Of course, like I said, your kids are probably better than mine was. My kids, if they wake, they could mess something up, they would. They took after me. I have no one to blame but me. So if we're seeking satisfaction in those kind of things, my number one fan. <laughs> That's my husband, in case you didn't know. So seeking satisfaction in other things isn't going to get cut up for us this Christmas. It's seeking the right things and the right ways and giving of ourselves. In 1994, <clears throat> two Christian missionaries answered an invitation from the Russian Department of Education to teach morals and ethics in a large orphanage. This wouldn't happen here, would it? <clears throat> About 100 boys and girls who had been abandoned, abused, and left in the care of government-run programs were, uh, were in the orphanage. It was nearing Christmas, and they decided to tell the story of Christmas. It would be the first time these children had heard the story of the birth of Christ. They told them about Mary and Joseph arriving in Bethlehem, finding no room in the inn. The couple went to a stable when the, where the baby Jesus was born and placed in a manger. <clears throat> Throughout the story, the children in the orphanage staff, staff sat in amazement as they listened. Some sat on the edges of their stools trying to grasp every word. When the story was finished, they gave the children three pieces of cardboard to make a crude manger. Each child was given a small square of paper cut from yellow napkin that they brought with them since they, know they had no colored paper was available. Following the instructions, the children tore the paper and carefully laid strips in the manger for straw. Small squares of flannel cut from a worn-out nightgown an American lady man, man, uh, was throwing away as she left Russia were used for the baby's blanket. A doll-like baby was cut from tan felt with missionaries, well, which the missionaries had brought with them. It was all going smoothly until one of the missionaries sat down at a table to help a six-year-old boy named Misha. He finished his manger. When the ma- missionary looked at the little boy's manger, she was startled to see no, not one but two babies in the manger. Quickly, she called for the translators to ask Misha why there were two babies in the manger. Crossing his arms in front of him and looking at the completed manger scene, Misha began to repeat the story very seriously. For such a small boy who had heard the Christmas story once, he relayed that happenings accurately until he came to the part where Mary put baby Jesus in the manger. Then Misha started to ad lib. He made up his own ending, he said, and when Maria said, laid the baby in the manger, Jesus looked at me and asked me if I had a place to stay. I told him I have no mama, and I have no papa, so I don't have any place to stay. Then Jesus told me I could stay with him, but I told him I couldn't because I didn't have a gift to give him, like everybody else did. 
But I wanted to stay with Jesus so much, so I thought about what I had that maybe I could use for a gift. And I thought, maybe if I kept him warm, that would be a good gift. So I asked Jesus, if I keep you warm, will that be a good enough gift? And Jesus told me, if you keep me warm, that will be the best gift anybody ever gave me. So I got into the manger, and then Jesus looked at me, and he told me I could stay with him for hours. As little Misha finished his story, his eyes brimmed full of tears that splashed down his little cheeks. Putting his hands over his face, his head dropped to the table, and his shoulders shook as he sobbed and sobbed. The little orphan had found someone who would never abandon him, nor abuse him. Someone who would stay with him always and forever. That's what Jesus did for us. He came, he dwelled among us. He provided not only a wonderful holiday for us to celebrate, but he promised that we could be with him always. That's the gift of Christmas. The joy of eternity with him. And we can't even comprehend what he's prepared for us. We think we're, the world here with Christmas and all the presents you can imagine isn't going to be a drop prepared for us. Do you love him? Do you know him? What kind of Christmas are you going to have? This Christmas can be better than usual if you seek the right things and you give the right gifts. Give your time because your kids are, are going to remember those times. Do you know him? Because if you don't know him, you've rejected the gift. The gift of Christ is still there under the Christmas tree, waiting for you to take it. There was a, I don't know, the story of the little mermaid or whatever it was. There was a scene where Tom Hanks gives the mermaid a present. And it was all wrapped up pretty with a bow. And she said, thank you. And she was excited about getting a present. And she didn't know that you, that was it. And he says, no, you're supposed to open it. See, presents are nice, but they're no good to us if we don't open them. We have to receive them. We have to open that gift. And Jesus is our gift at Christmas. Are you going to receive him this morning? Do you know him? Have you received the gift? Let's pray. <clears throat> our precious Father, Lord, we're so thankful, Lord, for Christmas. We're thankful that you are the reason for the season. And I know, Lord, sometimes we get so distracted by all the things that we do during this time of year, and I'm as guilty as anyone else about that. Lord, but I, I pray and I hope, Lord, that we will never forget the main reason for the season. Help us, Lord, to focus on your birth. Help us, Lord, to make sure that our kids and the people that know us know the reason for the season. Even if they've heard the Christmas story hundreds of times, they need to hear it one more time because that one more time may, may cause that seed that's been planted to grow and to flourish, Lord, and they will be able to receive that gift. I'm thankful for your gift, God. I'm thankful for the gift of Christmas. And I know, Lord, that that gift wasn't just Christmas because it looks forward to the cross to the time you die for our, our sins, Lord, to complete the package. Because Christmas is just part of the gift you've given to us. Lord, the real gift is eternal life with you. Lord, and I pray, Lord, if there's someone here this morning that doesn't know you, I pray, Lord, that they would accept that gift this morning because that's the reason. You are the reason for the season. Amen. Is there anyone here, I know that most of us are Christmas, 